Yo, it's time to step into the business bubble. Yay! <laughs> okay. How annoying is paper straw? I don't like, um, I don't understand. I, I've said this a couple of times. You got a paper straw and then you got plastic and you got plastic. I know, don't you think? Jonah always says, get the plus, uh, paper lid. Or you get the <clears throat> plastic one that has the mouthpiece. Oh, like Starbucks? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Nailed yeah. it. Oh, no, Costco does it as well. Really? Yeah, the $1. But isn't that made drink. of plastic anyway? I know, but then you don't have a straw. Oh, right, but then you can't slip your, you can't sip your yeah. bubble tea. The actual pearls. Yeah, that's because you're addicted to pearls. <laughs> I, I don't like need <laughs> pearls. I can, I'm satisfied. <laughs> I'm more than satisfied. So what happened this other? So one of your teachers is not well or something like that? And yeah, yeah. So I just covered for an hour. Yeah. Um, it was actually quite easy. Yeah. Popped in for an hour, did the class. It was really fun. Yeah. Um, yeah, I really enjoyed doing like being like the flexibility to be able to pop in and help out if needed um and i really like teaching so now that i'm not teaching that often to be able to come in for an hour or two is awesome because i get also get to see what's really happening mm. i get to yeah track the progress do you ever have to um think about not being a business operator but being a business owner what do you mean by that so instead of being in the company you're overseeing the company yeah well like when i started i was always in the company so i couldn't i couldn't even like have the time to think on the company if that makes sense like i um i was just thinking about the teaching and the next student coming in and how is you know how all of our rooms can operate that's really all that i was thinking about um but maybe i would say a year ago I think things started to really shift. Um, you know, I got married and then after I got married, we had COVID and like you kind of have to reassess everything that yeah. you're doing. Is it sustainable? If another pandemic happens, like how are you going to make money? Yeah. Um, and if that happens, is your product awesome? Um, is it sustainable online? <laughs> so that was really a lot of things that I had to think about. So yeah. restructuring everything. Um, and then also thinking about, like longevity, if I'm in the business, like how the heck am I going to raise a family? Mm. That was nothing. Like I never wanted to be so busy in my business that I would be away from family. Um, so yeah, uh, definitely mind changes. Um, but now I try and split my days, like all, all my time in my day to work. I yeah carve out time to work on my business. And then when I'm in it, I'm, I'm really... <laughs> yeah. Hey, can I ask, what did you do during COVID? Oh, um, so, yep, the world shut down and people were like, we don't... Yeah, we can't see you anymore. So uh, I went online, mm. did everything online. It was... Yeah, I do not recommend. We did it and I think people still continued to stay with us because they're, like the parents were bored out of their brains. Or actually not even bored. They were they were kind of over it. They were like, we just need our kids to do something yeah. um, in, instead of watching their iPads and, you know, being on TV all the time. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, we offered lessons online. Um, and then when they came back in person, mm -hmm. I was like, oh, okay, this is 
they they still can play the songs, but then you look at all their technique and you're like, ee, this is not good. Like, <laughs> we have a lot of retraining to do. Um, yeah, I mean, you get the 1% of kids who just get it and they pick it up and it's fine. But for majority, yeah, there were a lot of side effects. How did you actually run business during that time? Uh, we just pivoted online. So we said, everyone, here's a Zoom link. Everyone, we're going to... Because we still did one-on-one classes and that was it. So it was really flexible. Pa- yeah. Like parents were just like, yep, give me my 30 minutes, give me my 40-minute class, that's fine. We'll keep going. Um, and like our, for me, a measure was are we still making progress? Whether it was good progress, I don't know. But were we still progressing? Were the kids still learning a new song? Um, yeah, working towards their exams. Um, we could do a lot of theory online. So yeah. you could, I could draw on whiteboards and teach concepts like that, which was really cool. Um, but yeah, we, we just tried to make sure we had the best service for parents at the time. They changed AMEB exams, didn't they, as well? So you, now you can record things. Yeah. That's not fair. I know. When we used to do it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, no, I know. Okay, so for the video recording they now have to do four songs Mm -hmm. instead of like so if you're in like preliminary you'd normally have to do three songs and scales everyone would have to do four songs and it'd have to be filmed in one take with like you can't just do four different videos and then put them together um it it is really good but at the same time like it is so stressful these kids are sitting there like it's never going to end. We're going to have to make these four songs over. And, like you might have like four lessons where they're just playing the four songs because they, I don't know, like you now have to be perfect the yeah. whole way through. Where if you went into the conservatorium, you can just, once it's done, it's done. Like, what are you going to do? You can't take it back. Yeah. So you just have to try your best, you know? And as a teacher, I'm like, you tried your best. That's fine. But when I'm filming you, I'm like, dude, you got to do that again. <laughs> like, I don't care. You, you put the finger on the wrong note or you like your accent wasn't right. Like, I I couldn't let them submit a video that wasn't perfect. So I think it stressed them out even more. Actually, that'd be quite scary because you're doing list A, list B, list C, Mm. and then when you get to list D, you mess up one time. I know. Start again. (laughs) That would suck. I know. The kids were like, are you serious? And I'm like, yeah. Yeah. There were some kids where I was just like, it's not getting any better. Like, this is as good as it's going to get. And it's wasting our lessons. So then we mm. stopped and we moved on. So long as they get, I mean, do parents want the A pluses and that stuff? Uh, I think most parents, like, I mean, even I want the A plus, like they're my students. I want them to yeah, get the best true. grade I, I, within reason. Mm. There are some kids, I mean, you're just not going to get an A plus and that's, that's okay. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So I'm not going to strive for that if, yeah, I don't know. It's really hard to explain. I just don't want to put that expectation. For me, I just want them to understand the style, the technical stuff. Like I want them to understand that grade before we move on to the next grade. So if I feel like um, it's not fair for you, like, yeah, because you can push a kid as much as they want, uh, as as much as we want, but if they're not ready for the next grade, it's not going to help them. It's actually going to make my job worse as a teacher because I have to reteach these concepts from previous grades. So it's more, for me, it's more about, do I feel like this is a satisfactory level for you to move on? Let's say, for example, when you go choose a school for your child, yeah, right, like a, like a school school, like a primary school, high school, selective school, you usually look at the marks that the school got in order yeah. to determine whether, do people look at your students and whether they got like an A plus or A's or something like that before they make a decision? 
Um, I think people come to my studios not so much for the results. Um, in saying that, I don't mean our kids are dumb. Like that's not what I'm saying. I think our kids are incredible. Yeah. Um, but they don't come for the A plus. They actually come for our business ethos and like our studio, the way that our teachers teach our kids, the way that our, um, yeah, the way that our students actually understand what they're learning. Um, that's more important than the grade itself. Yeah. Well, none of my reviews are, my kid got an A+, plus, therefore you should come here. Like, there are other studios that are like that. I'm like, good for you, but that's not what we're about. A lot of my reviews are all about the patience of our teachers and um, our ability to make our lessons really engaging yeah. and inspiring. And that's what parents want. Like, at least that's what my target market is. Our parents want kids to come back out of class smiling. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and being like, I want to, I want to go home and practice. Um, or, yeah, I don't know. Most of the parents that come here, they're like, oh, I used to do piano lessons and I hated it. But what you guys are offering sounds so excited. I like, I wish I had a teacher that would teach me like this. So I want to send my kids to you guys because we. I don't want to tarnish their music experience. Yeah. What's your demographic in terms of? Yeah, I think we have a good mix, to be honest. Mm. Um. Like, my mum's always like, yeah, but you got all the Chinese people. And I'm like, yeah, but we don't. Like, not everyone in our studio is Chinese. Um, we have a really good mix. I mean, we're in Burwood, so we have, uh, yeah, a good mix of people from all different ethnicities. Yeah, don't know how to single anyone out, really. Mm. <laughs> it's just a good mix. If COVID were to happen again, how yeah. would you redo it? How would you pivot? Oh, It's a really good question. I think... I'd pri well we rechanged our model recently yeah. to um, make sure that our kids get a private lesson and a group lesson. Um, the group lessons meant to there's so many like exciting things that come out of the group lesson. Yeah, they you get have to a good make philosophy around that. They make lots of friends. Um, and I don't know. I think sometimes people go, Oh, it's group, so it's a waste of my money or like it's group lessons and they're just having fun. They're just laughing and it's, it's a babysitter's club. It's nothing like that. Um, they learn musical concepts together. We slow things down. Um, and once they grasp it, they go into their private lesson and they have, they full, like, well, not fully, but they slowly start to understand the concepts much better so that it fast tracks their yeah. learning, which is really exciting. Um, so if I was to do COVID again, mm. I'd make sure I'd prioritise a little bit more towards the theory. Um, and yeah, creating online games, um, maybe that would be a nice engaging way for kids to connect with each other. Um, and I'd probably do, I'd have, I'd probably invest a little bit more money into like the setup of our like our zoom class if that makes sense what I, do you mean by that like having more of an infrastructure so you know people can log in at certain times or something like that or? no not necessarily i'd probably do because we we like when we did our zooms yeah. it was on our laptop and uh -huh. we just had that small little camera and you could see yourself and that yeah. was it um and because we're all musicians we can hear whether they're playing the right notes or we could hear we could play um i because i was so young i didn't like I don't know, I just felt like I didn't have the resources to have a proper camera that like would show all of my fingers um, and teach technique. I'd probably also have more like games around technique so that they'd be able to take that and, I don't know, use it. 
I don't, I don't know. Yeah. Just use it and then apply it. Um, I'd also have a lot more parents in like interaction. Um, I probably do a lot more YouTube videos to explain how we're going to teach techniques so that the parents can apply that in at home. Because like if we're not there, we need yeah. parent involvement. Um, yeah, honestly, it was just so full on. Yeah, we were just like. Okay, we don't want to bother our parents, but if I could do it again, I would yeah. emphasize how important it is for parents to be involved in this journey. How, how much effort should the parent put in? Um, because you can imagine from a parent's point of view, right? I'm mm. working full time, you know, I'm paying you guys to do this stuff as well, and then as as well, you know, I'm I I don't have any experience music in experience. music. Yeah. Um, so what do you expect me to do? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, I agree. I think a lot of our job is to um, prepare our kids to not only learn the instrument and the theory, but also to teach them independence. How do you practice on your own? How do you, how can you tell if you've got something right or wrong, if Mm. that makes sense? So that's a skill that us as teachers need to um, be implementing. But at the same time, we only get to see your kid for 30 minutes mm. or an hour in a week. So um, I think for parents, it's a big responsibility to set a good routine. Yeah. I can't expect a four-year-old to set their own routine. They have no idea. Um, I'm not saying all four-year-olds have no idea, but, like, they need guidance. Do you yeah, know what I mean? Um, kid. Yeah, they're, they're little and, like monkey see monkey do you know what I mean if you don't have a good routine they're probably not going to have a good routine so um I I do expect parents to kind of lay the law before they start their lessons to go all right we we've decided to commit to music lessons Uh, you or me we have a contract we have a deal (laughs) you're going to sit here and you're going to do 15 minutes or I don't know how depending on how old they are um of practice and it's our responsibility to show them how to do that practice it's also our responsibility to educate the parent yeah. um, so that they know whether they're tracking it correctly. I can't just go go practice. The parent hasn't done anything. Unfortunately, I don't think kids are that regulated to come back with um, practice done. You know, there are kids that exist like that. And I remember being a, like in high school and my parents being like, why don't you just be like so-and-so? And I'm like, well, good good on so-and-so, but I'm not wired that way. You know what I mean? I can't do they that. They practice so much. Why don't you do that? And I'm like, also, how do you know they practice? You don't even know. <laughs> um, no, but some kids like just naturally get it. And um, I know I wasn't that kid. Yeah. Um, so I can't assume... That everyone else at the same is. time as well you have this really awesome subscription model i mm. actually think that this is the future moving forward when it comes to education yeah because this like even when i ran my business school right you pay for a, a this is almost actually to be honest that's more like subscription model itself right you pay for your year and then you come to all your classes but when it comes to music i think this i don't know first time for me at least hearing it that's kind of interesting and then also let's say for example people who are driving instructors as well like usually you would pay per lesson right Mm. Yeah. It it is it works really well for me. Yeah. The downside is because it's so new in mm. the education world, parents are constantly asking, I don't get it. Like I don't understand. And I have to like draw it out. I've I've like drawn a table <laughs> where you can <laughs> literally see how where the money is coming and where the money is going, mm. right? Um, so basically you pay X amount of dollars and you know that in the whole year, uh, every month, yep. you know, in the year you're going to get 40 lessons. That's 
that's as simple as it is. Um, yeah, and yeah, so it is really simple. It's like going to the gym. You don't go, oh, I didn't clock in like at six pm. Like that's, that's on you. <laughs> like <laughs> you paid for the gym membership. I wish. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I wish the gym would just pay me back for the time I didn't go. That's why I don't go to gyms, because um, <laughs> <laughs> I know I can't commit. But like as an educator, I need. Um, I need to make sure that there's one consistent income coming in, mm-hmm. but there's also consistent lessons for the students because if they're not consistently showing up, I can't give you results, you know? Like, mm-hmm. I need you to show up every week so that I can, one, monitor whether you've understood the concepts that I taught you last week and, two, give you something new to learn. Um, yeah, so it works really well financially for me as well um, because I know that every month I'm going to have an income stream coming through. I try to explain that to families. Um, So you actually tell them that this is how it works for myself? Absolutely. I'm like, I'm a small business. Like, this is how um, I sustain myself. Yeah. Um, Yeah, I'm not just your... I'm not a teenager who's, like, getting a side job, like, teaching your kid a couple of notes. Like... This is my business. This is my livelihood. Um, I'm sure you don't, you know, talk to your boss and expect yeah. um, inconsistent income either. Yeah. So it's all about educating people around why we do it and how. And also it helps them. Um, it helps them budget. When you have four or five kids and you get hit with 10 lessons in one hit, that's huge. That's a lot of money. I don't, on like, yeah, I don't know if everyone i don't know unless you've really got a budgeting and yeah. you've planned four months in advance it's actually pretty tricky yeah. so it's actually quite nice though because you're almost helping them as well in terms of a financial point of view like hey look there's a, actually a a whole kind of strategy that we do and this actually helps you because it actually helps you guys budget as well yes that's so a win-win it so is a win-win but they don't sometimes they don't get that and it takes a couple of times after talking to my families they're like it is the most confusing part of the business um of signing up and being part of the studio but they're like after a couple of weeks like i started to understand it um have there been any people that walk away because they go like i don't get that uh i would say yes um not initially. I think it takes them. A, uh, it's not not necessarily that they walk away, but they just won't stop, and they want to like do the X, Y, and Z and write it down and show me everything ah, that's yeah. going on. Um, that makes it really hard for me. Yeah. Because that's like twenty minutes of my day trying to explain something that I literally drew on a PDF. Yeah. For you to look at. Um, in yeah, I'll, I I think as society progresses and yeah. it becomes more normal. People will um, jump on board, but for me, I did it because I have to prioritize my life. Yeah, yeah. Because if I'm running a business and it's not serving me, then I might as well work for someone else. Mm. There is a, I guess, there's a fine balance between um, having a parent that works with you, mm. right, and then having a parent that's always demanding something from you. Is mm. there an ideal kind of parent that you like to, or not ideal parent, right? But is there kind of like an ideal? Um, relationship between you and the parent Mm, absolutely um we like focus so much on building rapport with our parents because they if they don't understand one what we're doing um and don't see the value in what we're doing then i have kind of missed the boat (laughs) like Mm. i i yeah 
it's really important. So as a owner, I need to have a really strong presence about my philosophy and what we're about. Um, and as our teachers, we need to show that we love and care for them like and we value their time so sometimes we even get parents to sit in our classes um because we want them to see what we're doing so and it also builds relationship between the like the parent and the teacher really really important um and also we want the parents to see how we interact with our kids um we want them to trust that we we love your kids and we want to do the absolute most to make sure that they're having the best time and that they're learning it, that they're getting it. We just want to make sure that our kids like are smiling at the end of every lesson and being like, that was awesome. Yeah. I want to come back, you know? Um, but that relationship is really important. Yeah. And then what about the kids as well then? Oh, the relationship with kids is awesome. Like we want all of our kids to feel seen. So a big thing is calling all of our students by name. Like you're not just like a number, you're, yeah. you're a person at the studio. Um, and we really do try to slow things down so that each individual person gets it. Um, yeah. I think that's what, I don't know, you, you have a lot of people who want to teach, but they're incredibly impatient. And you're like, why are you teaching? Like, why are you doing that? Like, I don't care if you're good at your craft. Yeah. Like, if you can't, that's like, that's different skill, like being like a talented musician versus an educator really different skill set so there's a difference between someone who can actually teach and someone who's just good at something because what i realize is that a lot of like tutoring places they always advertise that oh, we have this guy who got a 99.95 absolutely yeah but then at the same time they could be really smart but they don't know how to teach think of it like a bar like a sports coach or something like that you yeah. can have someone that's that knows the game inside out but they can't you know they can't play yeah. Or vice versa, they're a really good player, but they don't know how to teach. How do you find the balance between someone who's really good at teaching and also knows their craft? Then? It's, um, yeah, I'm learning a lot. Um, yeah, I mean, I started my business with just me. Mm. And I taught and taught and taught and taught. It freaking took forever for me to get out of that. But, um, and then I started hiring and that's a whole process in itself. Um, I think recently I've learned that my studio culture and what we stand for and all our values are far more important than um your resume your cv telling me like you can do x y and z um i mean you obviously you can't have someone who's just all lovey-dovey and then can't doesn't know anything so there is certainly a balance but i tried to prioritize the culture and making sure that they understand what the end goal is is yeah do you have company values Yes. Yeah. Well, we have a lot of different things. <laughs> um, we have a studio mission. Yeah. And then we have like four different pillars on like the how we outwork that mission. Yeah. Um, yeah, they're pretty cool. So my vis- uh, my mission statement is championing students to discover the gold within themselves. We want our kids. You'd think that it'd be like to play the piano very well, like, but it's not. It's um, I want. Our, like I want our teachers to be people who just make our kids feel like absolute heroes when they understand something for themselves. Because what's the point? I, I just hated being like, oh, you got a piece of paper, you did your exam, that's awesome. Yeah. And then I was like, cool, I did that test and I still don't know how to play. Like I still don't know how to sight read. If I gave you a brand new song, I wouldn't know what to do. Yeah. Like, um, 
it was only like in university when I like started learning a lot for myself that I was like I actually get it like I want to learn every song you know <laughs> um and it took me a really long time to get there and I just want to be able to do that for kids at the age of four yeah because I, I if I was like that at four I can only imagine where I'd be now as a musician yeah um, yeah, so championing kids to f- like to discover it for themselves. A lot of it's about discovery and learning new things. So um, it's more than just the music in itself. It's something that you can actually apply in their own personal lives as well. Like yeah. the satisfaction of I made progress and what's the next big thing? I want to, I'm ready to level up. I want to level up and I'm ready for it. That's yeah. huge. You know that discovery piece? I think that's how kids actually fall in love with it. Because I know that you went to Collier's concert, Jacob Collier's concert, right? Oh my goodness. (laughs) Did you find that feeling of discovery when you went to his concert? Make you fall in love again with the craft? Yes. No, okay. I remember going there, and I've seen a lot of musicians, um, and he he just blew my mind. Yeah. Um, Okay, so... I've always known music to be, um, it, it felt like I've always known music to be a little bit 2D and then I add a little bit of jewelry and I'm just like, oh, it's 3D, but it's really not 3D. I'm just like, I've got a little bit of feeling. When I went to Jacob Collier's concert, I was like, oh my goodness, this is like the fourth dimension. Like, I have no idea what you're doing. And like, it was so complex the music was so complex but at the end of the day it was so simple at the same time like it just made me feel really happy and made me feel really somber like I oh I just love that (laughs) he is like he, he breaks every rule and he knows what he needs to do to get to where he needs to get to and I just admired it so much I just love that he um he puts his passion for like these different emotions above everything else yeah I don't know, it made me really happy. That was a beautiful concert. Um, yeah, it did definitely open my eyes to um, how amazing music really is and how it can contribute to so many people's lives. Yeah, um, Yeah, he makes it fun again. Did, he, did it inspire you for work or for your business? Um, it. I don't think he inspired me for my business maybe I don't know so it's weird because my business and my personal life are kind of like molded together so everything that I learn in my personal life kind of always applies to my business um for me I think he really opened my eyes just for myself to like branch out a bit deeper like it's it's okay like you can break some rules and you can experiment and you can try new things and um don't be afraid to do that um that was for me and I guess it kind of applies to the little kids. I think his, um, his, like, performance, like the way that he performs and the way that he expresses himself yeah. um, and he's having the best time doing it, that's yeah. always really inspiring. I want all of my kids to be able to do that at some point, whether it's, like, a, a really simple song, just to confidently play and perform their pieces um, and be really proud of what they've, what they've given. Yeah. Um, I'm... I want to be able to do that for my kids. Are there any um, concerts that you go, oh man, that was... Okay, I'll say Jacob Collier is probably one of the top ones for you. Mm -mm. Were there any other ones that kind of made you just go, I love what I do, I love music. I love that I'm in this industry. Yeah, um, I was actually hanging out with some friends the other day from my uni and I went to a music school um, and I was talking about how like I have a studio and they're like, oh, that's really cool. Um, and I really feel like my school is like the the building block 
to the next big thing. I don't expect our kids to be, um, you know, the craziest musicians, but I do want them to come to this place and be like, I'm inspired and I, I want to learn more. And if, I don't know, if I can create that awesome environment for them to be like, music's fun. Um, yeah, music can branch off to like so many opportunities. Then I, I can take this little kid and go, all right, here's an even better experience for you. You're yeah. ready for the next stage. I, I really believe, I don't think that I'm where that school that's going to create crazy musicians, yeah. but I do want to be the school that inspires kids to go, if one day I want to, I can, one, like they believe that they can and we will be the right people to direct them to someone else who we think is far better than us. Yeah. Um, I think everyone starts from somewhere. You, you, you want to be the ones that ignite that kind of love and that spark for them. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, like, because the truth, the reality is not everyone's going to be a crazy musician. True. And um, and also the reality is most parents probably don't want them to be the crazy musicians. Like, <laughs> especially my crazy. mom, she's like, she's like, you want to do music? Have you lost your marbles? And I'm like, yeah, that's what I want to do. I think it's going to be so cool. And she's like, you're going to make no money. And look at her, look at me now. But, um, <laughs> yes. Take that, mom. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Did you, did you, so did your mom, was your mom opposed to the business? Oh my goodness, it was terrifying. So um, I was in year 12, finished my high school, and I was like, Mom, I'm going to music school, and she just went ballistic. She's like, are you sure? Shanghainese families. Yeah, yeah, she's <laughs> like, no, you're not. She's like, it's a hobby. And I was like, no, it's my life. <laughs> um, so I like, yeah, and then she brought me to Macquarie University and did an open day, and I hopped on a train and disappeared. Um, and she was like, that was the day he broke my heart. She literally told me that, like, <laughs> like when I was 25. I took you to Union, you took the train and got out of there. Yeah, I was just like, I don't want to be here. I just want to go to a music school. And she's like, no, you can't. And it, seriously, anyways, that's a crazy story. So which music school did you end up going to? I went to AIM, the Australian oh, Institute yeah. of Music, yeah. So then I went to the open day of this thing. I was like, Mom, I, I went to <laughs> AIM. And she's like, it's just a hobby and it's so expensive. Anyways. Um, I don't know why we're talking about this, but... But yeah, your mum was opposed to you doing She music, was, right? yes, so she was opposed to me doing this. Um, and I, honestly, I didn't know what to do. I didn't know what I wanted to do yeah. after high school. All I knew is I loved music um, and I loved composing at the time. Yeah. Don't know if I love it anymore, but I loved it at the time. I, I didn't know any of the music rules, so I'm just like playing. And then I went to uni and I was like, oh, dang, there's all these rules. I hate rules. And Jacob I found it really. And yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, that's actually what Jacob Collier did for me. Because it reminded me of when I was just experimenting. I don't know yeah. anything. I don't know any music theory. I was just like, yeah, playing yeah. and loved it. And then boom, went to uni and learned all these rules. And I just couldn't undo it. Yeah. Anyway, so mum said don't do it. And I obviously, in Julie fashion, did it. And it was awesome. I, I, I went to an awesome school with really um, creative people who were passionate about their craft. And yeah. a lot of people were really dedicated to making their craft, you know, just perfect. Um, and I mean, in the music industry, it's it's a hustling industry. You've got to put yourself out there. You've got to be confident. Um and I was really inspired by that. Whether I never wanted to be famous, but I was certainly inspired by the "go get it" mentality. Yeah. And I could I could visualize myself just going for it and taking taking a leap of faith. Yeah. I think that's what also challenged me to become a 
business person. So then you got music is your passion and then you also love business as well. Where's the scale sit for you? Is it 50 50? Mm, no. Um, well, when I started my business, I was 21. So I had no idea what I wanted to do. I got this piece of paper that said, you have a bachelor of music. I was like, sick. <laughs> and then I tried doing education at uni and hated it. I was just like, I don't want to teach music to 30 people who don't want to be there. Yeah. That's like, that's going to make me hate music even yeah. more. So, um, I don't know. Shout out to all the music teachers there. I'm sure you love your job. But I personally was like, no, no, thank you. Um, yeah, so then I wanted, I don't really like being told what to do. Mm. Um, and I, I just knew that I had this gift in my hand. So I knew I, I'd studied music and I also knew I was really good at like just being patient with people and helping them understand certain concepts. Cause I did tutoring while like piano tutoring while I was in uni, mm. um, yeah, so then I, I started it. I think as I've continued to grow, um, I love teaching more than I love music. Um, I love business more than I love teaching. <laughs> okay. But I do love teaching. So now that I'm in the space that I'm at now, every opportunity that I get to be in a classroom, I'm like 150%. Like I'm yeah, just so... savor it, right? Well, I just love it because, like, I love being able to explain something and then kids, like, their eyes beam and they're, like, they get it. Like, uh, such a rewarding for yeah. me. Yeah. Well, you know when parents actually say to you, hey, look, you know, I want you to continue to teach my kid. Yeah. But you go, hey, look, i got to be the business owner. Mm, yeah. Uh, yeah. What do you say to them? It's really hard. Um, well, it's even harder because I've been teaching for so long now that yeah. these people, like, these parents... They've become my family, really. Yeah. Like, when I started, I used to drive to people's homes. So I, like, mm. literally see these people's worlds. And then to be able to go, oh, no, I don't I don't know if I can do it anymore was really hard. Um, for me, I had to prioritise their music education above mine. As I said, I love business more than I love teaching. I love teaching more than I love music. Um, the truth is, as a teacher, I only know so much and I want to make sure that I've got um, quality musicians who are actually also passing on their knowledge to the next generation. Mm. My knowledge is only ever going to be capped at a certain level. I know where my strengths are, mm. and my strengths are certainly young kids. Um, yeah, but at a certain point, there needs to be... So I just know that there needs to be someone else who's better than me, and I'm not too proud to know that I'm not the best at everything and I'm okay with that. I think as a business person, you also have to be okay with that. Like you've just got, yeah, what are your strengths and work yeah. on those and outsource the rest. Mm. Um, I, I think that my business offers something different to everywhere else around us. I think we have the resources um, and I think my teaching philosophy is really different to other places and whoever comes in, I want them to adopt that same philosophy. So I'm training them. So what I actually do tell parents is I want to make sure that your kid gets the best best of the best um, for everything. And if you want to stick with me, that's totally fine. But reality is I'm not pulling your leg. I love teaching and I'd love to teach a kid. I want to give them the best experience. So yeah. sometimes that requires me making the big call and sacrificing some things. Um, yeah, you know, parents have, um, some parents have said, 
oh, okay, I'll give it a shot. And when they say they'll give it a shot, it's my job to do it well. Do you know what I mean? I'm not I'm not lying to them. Mm. I need th- I need to prove to them. I totally understand that. I also um, fully respect if parents go, um, sorry, that wasn't good enough and I don't want to be here anymore. That's so fine. As mm. a business owner, I have to cop that. I'm not here to just... Um, take your money and you know take you for a ride yeah. i i need to do due diligence yeah, yeah. I, I got a question why do you think that parents classify music as something that their kids should learn because like we have a lot of friends mm. right that have um young kids and they always say oh you know i got to get them into you know tutoring for maths and english i really want to get them tutoring for or some lessons for music why 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 is music why is music something that's it's really interesting. I think for a lot of people, it's different. Um, I sometimes it is. Oh, I just want them to do something extra. You know, um, music's good for you. You know, they heard that music's really good for you, so you make them do it. It's so annoying. They're like, music's good for you, but then you want a career in music, and they're like, don't do it. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> um, or sometimes, like, it's a little bit of it's a little bit prestigious. They're like, oh, okay. Like all my friends. And their kids do music, so I have to put my kids in music. Mm. Um, I think whatever the reason is, or and also sometimes they're like, oh, we just want them to have like a creative outlet, some way to just um, sit down, relax, play the piano if they need to and have some time away, yeah. um, you know, from all their studies. But it's also crazy because then kids go, oh, well, music's another study, so why would I want to get yeah. away from music? <laughs> do you know what I mean? Yeah. So it's my job. To make sure that they don't think that it's another study. I don't want them to feel like it's another study. I want them to feel like this is exciting. How yeah. do you do that? Um, you got to get creative. you got to be different. You can't be like every other music tutor out there. I'm not here to just teach you the next song. I'm here to teach you like 10 songs ahead. Like, oh, I'm, I, My goal is to make sure that you can read by yourself. Yeah. If you don't need me, I've done my job. Like, it's actually, today was a really cool story. Okay. I had a kid, um, well, I, I did a substitute, and we've been doing our theory program, whatever. And at the beginning of the term, she was like, I could never play. Like, I asked her, play the next song. She's like, oh, I don't know. How old is she? Uh, she's 12. Okay. Yeah, 12. And she, yeah, I'd be like, here's the next song. We're going to, and I just wanted to see where all of our students were at. She couldn't do it. Seven weeks on, we're in week eight now. I told her to learn a brand new song. I was like, I'm not going to play. Find the time so you can find the key signature, find your hand position, use all the skills that we taught you this term. She killed it, played the whole song. And then um, she was like, oh, can I play the next song? Can I play the next song? And I'm like, that is so cool. Um, I'm sitting there like guiding her. Oh, and then she asked me, I've got some music online that I really want to learn. Yeah. Am I allowed to play it in my own leisure time? I was like, yeah, of course. Like, what? Do you think I'm going to say no, you can't play? She's like, no, I just really want to play in my own leisure time. Um, I just know that I might get stuck. And I'm like, that's fine. Like, yeah. but you're like, for me, like you're trying, you're trying new things and you're not scared to try new things. That's awesome. Like, yeah. I, th- I feel like we, d- we ticked a box there. That's what we wanted our kids to do. Yeah. Um, yeah, but back to your question, you were saying, like, why do parents do it? Mm. I, I think there's whatever the reason the parent has given, mm. it's my job to make sure that I surpass their expectations, if that makes sense. That's fair. Do you find that music apps are your competitors? Mm, 
I think Simply Piano is amazing and um, I know that that's like really controversial yeah. and they're like, oh my gosh, you have a music school, don't like shout anyone. <laughs> but no, I actually think it's a really good um, starting yeah. point for a lot of kids. So if you don't know, if you want to do music lessons, I recommend it a lot. Yeah. Um, just because I think they teach really like, I don't know, I used to be like, oh, apps, whatever. Mm. Um, yeah, so in that sense, I do think it works really well, but you can never replace and a one-on-one experience because for me I'm yeah you might be my competitor but yeah. what I give to kids that app will never be able to give that's a, that's a cool thing though like your mindset is okay apps are not my com- competition they actually can expose a lot of kids to different things and mm. they can actually find a passion in it and then if they really love it their mum and dad usually go all right cool I gotta get you a music teacher yeah 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 we've so gotten a lot of stories oh really? like that and um when they tell me that they've especially if they've come from simply piano i'm like that's mad yeah i'm so excited i already know what class you're gonna go in because we know what you've learned and you're ready yeah. like we we can put you in quietly so what songs do you usually teach the kids do they get to do their pop songs or do you have to go back through to your you know your classical your baroque your romantic um we follow like, we just follow books. Amy B? Or, like, the John Thompson kind of stuff? No, no, I don't use John Thompson. I don't like John Ooh, Thompson. Ooh, controversial. Why? I just think from grade, like, from book to book, they've kind of, I don't know. I feel like they, <laughs> they miss, um, like, the joining points between the two books yeah. are not as well done as they probably could be. Ooh. Um, I, Like, look, they, they've they obviously been very successful and they've worked for a long time. We grew up with that. I know, I grow yeah, with that. And I still have them at home. I know. My and how's your sight reading? It's terrible. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh, I feel really bad. No, it's that, it, I, I, um. It's all by ear now. Look, part of it, I think, is down to the teacher. I do think, John Thompson, you need to be a really good teacher. And, like, as I was teaching it, I noticed that I knew where the next book was going to be at. So I knew what information I needed to fill as a teacher. So I did that. But um, I found it really hard when I had to go from, like, hire new teachers. I'm like, how are they going to do it? Yeah. Um, and if they're not as experienced as me, then, like, as a teacher, yeah. then we're kind of stuck. So, yeah. um, no, but we do follow um, books. And then from there, we go into the exam, like, examinations. Um, but that's for all of our instruments. So mm. we, we, we try to follow a curriculum. Mm. I'm really against what do you want to do next week? Like that's, um, to me, doesn't track progress as well as um, having some sort of syllabus. Yeah. Do, do you find that recently that's more families or more children choosing piano for leisure than uh, the old traditional? So piano for leisure. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, for people who listen, they, it's, it's, the, um, it's the fun stuff, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's like the modern. contemporary, there's a couple of different genres in there. And um, yeah. yeah, kids kind of relate a little bit more. Um, I I think it's a mixture. It depends because if you want to do a classical, like you know you, you want your kids to do a classical thing, you want them to go through all the rigorous training, chances are you're not going to, um, chances are you're not going to come to me. Um, we get a lot of kids who want to do the contemporary stuff. Um, but we will also recommend the classical path as well. Um, usually for us, we will ask them, what do you want? This mm. is the requirements of both. Um, sometimes they'll start off with um, the piano for leisure and then they'll jump over to classical later on once, they, once they've like 
really found a passion for it and we also know what the curriculum's like for the classical stream anyway so we're always preparing them early even before examinations we're already preparing them to be successful in the classical stream mm. um but they just don't know it does that make sense mm. so we're, we're uh, yeah we're all about giving them the right skills mm. question i always get asked is what instrument should my child first learn mm, it's learn crazy um can I tell you a story? Yeah. My teacher, she um, grew up in in Hong Kong, moved to Kazakhstan. Anyways, she knows like over 20 instruments. It's insane. Um, her parents were like had a music studio and so she learnt the piano first and then eventually mum was like, oh, you're like, you know, your treble clef isn't that good so we're going to give you violin lessons and then, oh, your, your bass isn't so good so we're going to make you play the bass. Like um, all the uh, – maybe it was a cello – yeah, and then, oh, you need to, like, your timing's not good. So then they – so she would do lessons, like, all different instruments every single day after school. Yeah. Um, so when I asked her that question, she's like, oh, maybe piano or violin or something like that. Um, I – it depends how old you are and what you want to learn, really. Mm. I, I think the piano is always an awesome instrument, but that's just because I'm biased. I'm biased. Um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, I will always make sure, even if you're singing, I still want you to know a little bit about the piano. Like yeah, Everything's laid out there for you. Yeah. It makes it easier. Yeah. Well, that's why we do the theory classes. So our theory classes have like piano students, guitar students, violin students, like all of them in the same classroom. Yeah. Because music theory is the same yeah. across the board. And it's actually really cool to be able to see, oh, you're, you know what that note is? I You know that note exists in my instrument as well? Like... Because they don't get that when they're four or five years old. Yeah. And, like, to know that, actually, if we wanted to play a song together, we probably could. Yeah. That's really cool. That, that's where you get to foster, you know, a love for music because yeah. you know that it's not a solo thing anymore. Yeah. And you mentioned that I, last time we had a convo, you said that having um, – uh, you, you use the analogy of playing in a band actually builds the love for music a lot more than just playing solo. Absolutely. And that's why you have group classes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I mean – we have four pillars, so to equip, to refine, to perform, and to foster. Okay. Um, and the fostering is all about, like, fostering a love for music. So I think the, in order to do that, you need a teacher who is inspiring and exciting because that's really important. Mm. Um, you all, But you also need a community of people who, like, when you see someone else smile mm. um, because they get something or they thought that was really fun, chances are you're also going to be like, oh, yeah, that is really fun. Yeah. It's like the mob mentality, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like, oh, you think that's fun? Yeah, yeah, I think that's fun. <laughs> you know, um, It's like team sport. It's the same yeah. thing. Like um, we won, like they won a game together. So like, yeah, the camaraderie that comes from that, um, where you don't get that in just a one-on-one class, mm. I feel. I mean, we hype it up as much as we possibly can, but it's just not the same. Mm. Um yeah, but it, and then like when you get to play with someone else, like you you're playing the, you're playing a duet or you're playing um a big song with like four other people, and as a team you like listen to the metronome properly and you stayed in time. That is the coolest thing ever because you're like sick. You like you go to like a gig and you watch the band and they're just jamming, they're having the best time. Yeah. Like, people don't understand what that feels like. Yeah. I, I guarantee you, most people who did piano lessons probably never played in a band. No. Like, uh, when? When did you do it? And if it did, it was probably an ensemble at school and it wasn't that exciting. Yeah. Like, uh, honestly, you you guys have no idea. And then 
like I have parents who are like, oh, I want my kid to play guitar. And he doesn't even know how lucky he is to even have guitar lessons because like every girl's going to love him if he plays the guitar. Like a parent will say that. And this kid will never know, mainly because he probably hasn't had the time to jam with someone who's like, yeah, that is really cool. Yeah. Um, yeah. Anyways, I do think it's really fun. I've noticed a pattern. You know, you kind of choose your music as your career. I yeah. find a lot of these people, especially the ones that are producers or they run shows uh, or people that, you know, that organize all these show events, a lot of them actually come from the church community because church, because, well, well we go to contemporary church, right? Mm. So it always fosters that having that worship and having that kind of band setting. And I think that kind of keeps it going for us. Yeah, you definitely see that. Um, I, I mean... I, I run a business, so I don't have this, like, we're not talking about Jesus at work, do you yeah. know what I mean? Um, but for me, I, like, I, I want to bring that into my workplace because it's yeah. so cool. Tell me more about um, how faith impacts your workplace. And well, I, I just think that, like, the church, like, being able to sing and be part of something is so exciting. Um I don't know, I just, I loved it and I want to be able to share, I want my kids to be able to share that, whether it's um, through faith or not, like I just want them to find that joy. Um, in terms of faith in the workplace, it's a really tricky thing because I think my faith is, it shouldn't be, not necessarily shouldn't be, but doesn't always need to be what I say, but it's how I act and mm. everything that I do, um, I want to know, like I want to prove that it's of excellence and that I... Um, I genuinely care about each individual person because that's something that I received as a mm. young girl. Um, I had a huge community of people who just cheered me on mm. and chances are um, not everyone gets that and I felt mm. really lucky to have that. So I want to share that in my workplace, Yeah, I guess. When you, when you were building out Core Studios, was there anyone that kind of cheered you on? Yeah, huge. Yeah. Um, I, yeah, again, I started at 21. So I went yeah. home and Googled how to start a business. <laughs> you can do the chat GPT now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Back then we didn't have chat GPT. Um, and they're like, get an ABN. I was like, okay, cool. Um, and I was like, what do I do with this? Get a business name. I was like, oh, okay, cool. Um, but I was really lucky because I um, was surrounded by people who were very ambitious in what they wanted to do um i know yeah i think that was one really really important thing and then also surrounded by a lot of people who are older than me who had either started businesses themselves or um yeah like my friend's parents who already had businesses and they were kind of like my second parents so they would constantly be like you want to start a business that's awesome like how can I help? Let me tell you what you can do. Like, nice, um, nice. how did you, yeah. And I'd be like scribbling <laughs> my ridiculous ideas. Like, what does this look like? And they're like, that's awesome. Just go with it. And had like just so much faith in me. Yeah. So I thought that was really, really, um, really cool. And yeah. then as I continued, I just made sure that I surrounded myself with people who were like-minded and um, just believed in something bigger than themselves. I think that was a big part of being in church that I was always, a small person but part of a huge um like a bigger cause yeah. and um I felt like yeah I can play a part yeah um and so when it came to starting a business I was like I can play a part in changing the music industry yeah like but like that's crazy like if yeah. you asked me when I was like 14 I'd be like are you insane there's no way yeah. um but as I grew older because of the like people who were hanging out with me I definitely had that mindset 
Well, I appreciate you because if it weren't for you, I don't think this would happen. Yeah. This podcast. So you, yes. you like, hey, do something. The business bubble. <laughs> <laughs> do something. Do it now. Just do it. It doesn't matter. Yeah. And I think, I think when it comes to business as well, a lot of people start thinking about the whole, okay, is it going to work? And then they spend too much time planning it. And sometimes you just got to get out there and just do it. Yeah, well, you won't do anything if you don't do it. I mean, you uh, talk in your own head. That's true. Yeah. I'm also not a perfectionist, and I know that there are a lot of people who are out there, and they want to create something that's perfect before they put it out. Mm. Um, I think that there's value in that. There's a lot of value in knowing your product really well before you release it. But the, you also have to juggle. If you don't start anywhere, you won't be able to refine anything. Yeah. Um, and like. I think brand recognition or like your product, whatever you're doing, you can all you always have opportunities to make it better and better. It doesn't have to be perfect from day one. Yeah. Um, so I think also like, I don't know, making sure that you balance both worlds yeah. um, is really, really important. And I think even like with like this show itself, from episode one doing this to like, what are we like episode 11, 12 now? Mm. I can see there's a massive difference. Even mm. things I've learned in terms of conversating, conversing with people, right? Mm. Um, it's just, it just comes different, man. And You get better at it. You get better at it. Yeah. yeah that's and then, right. they're, they're, I mean, one day I'll probably do something, an episode or something like that, that talks about how to actually have conversations. Yeah. yeah because I think the art of long-form conversations is gone. Mm. Yeah. And even, even in church setting, you know that minute mingle? Yeah. Yeah. So awkward. So sometimes it can be really awkward, <laughs> but sometimes if you know that person or you actually have, um, or you, you actually understand conversation a little bit more then yeah. your conversation becomes less of, Oh, Hey, how do you find the weather today? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it takes time. You're just like, it's also part of growing up. Like you have to understand that in 10 years time, you're yeah. going to look back and be like, Oh, baby Julie, you know, so cute. She had no idea. And then, you know, and I'm, I'm excited for that. Yeah. I, but if I didn't do anything, like I wouldn't, I can't do that. Like I can't now, like now I'm lucky enough to be able to go, Oh, 21 year old Julie, all the mistakes that she made, you know, <laughs> but um, I couldn't do that yeah. if I didn't start. So yeah. it's cool. I mean, would you say that you're an extrovert or introvert? Um, I think I am an extrovert. Um, by nature, but the order I'm getting, I think everyone says this. I'm just slowly like go away. I don't want to talk to you anymore. <laughs> I I think my personality is quite big. Yeah. Um. Yeah. You but have your I moments. My time. Yeah. Yeah. So in a particular setting, you'd be like, you know, I'm gonna, I'm an extrovert out here, mm. and then when you get to a certain point, you're like, okay, yeah, yeah. It's time for me to hibernate. I need my nap. I need to. I need to eat something. I need to go sleep. And then I'll be back. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's different to Jono, your husband. Yeah. He's pretty steady all around. He's so calm. Yeah. Yeah. Very lucky. Would, to you, have a calm would you say he's your calm ship? The one he that is. I'm very lucky to have a husband that um, is very level headed and yeah. helps me because I have ideas out the wazoo, like all the time. I'm just constantly like, ah, look at this, this is my new idea. And he's like, just chill out. Like, this one's good, this one's crap, okay? Like <laughs> I mean, it's good. You need you need someone like <laughs> yeah. that. Um, yeah, no, I'm lucky to have him. Yeah, how do you juggle um, marriage and business and everything like that? It's really um, tricky. I think everyone is always learning uh, all the time. Uh as someone who has a business, like it, it becomes something that can blur in my personal life. So, because my my mind is always ticking. I love it. You know, like if you have a business that you love, you don't even realize you're working. Sometimes you could be working till three a.m. Like I don't know, you're up till 
God knows when because you're just passionate about whatever you're yeah. doing. And you don't feel like you're working. Other people are like, you should just chill and have a nap. And I'm like, but I can't. Like, I've got so much Get a nine to, to five, do. That's <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I'm always like, I've got lots of ideas. Um, yeah. Talk about it all the time. But I'm really lucky that he um, understands that. But I also have a timeline. Like, I'm not, um, I don't want to be thinking like this for the rest of my life. Some people want to. Some people want to hustle and they think that's really admirable. For me, I want to be able to have a family one day and imagine me having a kid and being like, oh, yeah, and this kid, like, I don't want to be talking about other people's kids around my kid. Like, I want to just talk about my own kid or um, this staff member. Like, my kids don't don't care about the staff member. I don't want to have that conversation at home. So I know that now I don't have kids. It's the time to kind of, like, set my boundaries, make sure I have really good systems, make sure I have a really good routine, something that gives me the flexibility to prioritise what I want in the future. Mm -hmm. Um, And I'm lucky that I have a husband who supports that and understands that this is a season Mm -hmm. um, and that, yeah, like, it's not going to be like this all the time. But at the same time, like, it's, it's really, like, I'm really lucky to have someone like that to do that now but I also have to pull my weight when it comes to like home things and making sure that I'm also loving Jono at the same time um I won't say that I'm the best at it but I am certainly working towards it I'm very yeah (laughs) I'm very aware of it um and yeah I want to always be mindful of it yeah I I don't want to forget that yeah there's a um you you know the stereotype where the man um you know, has does the business and then the wife kind of does the home stuff or is, it's, would you say it's flipped in your relationship whereas you have the business and then Jono's kind of like the steady ship that's at home? Mm. How's it work for you guys? Mm, it's a good question. Um, in some senses, yes. Yeah. Mm. But at the same time, like I think, I think Jono's incredible. Mm. I think it takes a really... Um, incredible person to be able to lay down his pride and know like and support his wife the way that he does um yeah so I I don't know I that question's really interesting because it makes it sound like oh oh my goodness can I just tell you I watched Gilmore Girls the other day and I was really pissed off because they're like oh I'm the housewife I'm so excited yeah and I'm like oh that's disgusting like I love Gilmore Girls but like when Lorelai gets married and she's like and I don't know she gets married to what's his name Chris or something and he she's like oh yes now I can be the housewife I just like wanted to vomit because I'm like well I don't want that like why was that ever an attractive thing um yeah and but it makes it look like you have like I, I don't want to portray yeah like the you're roles. yeah you're yeah. just you're just the woman and you just you're just the person who does like the house chores and mm. the guy comes goes and makes money um I don't I don't want to see our relationship like that ever mm. I think that there is so many things that are um just because it's may not be monetary and also in saying that Jono also has a job. Mm. <laughs> so it, I think what he does is above and beyond because he works and then he hustles at home and makes sure that he does everything he possibly can to make sure that when I come back from work, I feel comfortable and I feel um, I feel like I have a space to relax. He, I think he does that really, really well. Um, so, yeah, so that's why I find that, co- mm. that question kind of a little bit tricky because mm. I'm like, it's not like he's just chilling at home, yeah. making sure... It, like, he, he does more than that. Mm. And he cares about my emotional 
um, state. Um, he's constantly checking in with me and I'm just really grateful. I feel bloody convicted right now. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Yana. <laughs> I owe you more than everything. everything. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. That question is really interesting. Yeah, um, it is a loaded question and it could piss off a lot of, a lot of people as well. Mm. Yeah, because you're talking about like stereotypes of before. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think a lot has changed. Yeah, and I think in a marriage, it's more than just you. You, you cannot say it as someone brings in money, someone doesn't. Or I, I think that it takes a lot for a marriage to work. Um, there's different facets, mm. and um, yeah, money is just a small part of it. I think as Christian couples, we've got to realize that you know when we are married, we are one. Yeah, you know everything that we do is together. There is Absolutely. no your account, my account. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. And that means when you guys raise kids as well, then do they play drums or do they play keys? Ooh. Because <laughs> uh, John is a drummer. I, yeah, are. yeah. Yeah. I asked um, one of my friends whose mum was a music teacher. Yeah. And her mum taught her piano and she was just like, ugh, like it was fine. And then they fought all the time. I was like, dang, what am I going to do? Um, I don't, I, I think, I think, Piano will always be number one. Mm. And I think Jonah would say the same thing. Um, but I like, I mean, considering I have a music school, I feel really lucky that um, I'd be able to have my teachers teach my kids. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And I don't have to be that role. I, I want to just be mum. Mm. Um, and obviously, as the business grows, I want to have better teachers and like not even better teachers. I just want to have really good teachers. So I really trust my team. And, um, yeah, I trust whoever's going to be teaching my kids. So yeah. um, it just means that they get to taste everything and find what they're good at. I want to go back to what you're saying. Um, when you have, because I'm in that position too, mm. like when you have so many freaking ideas, mm. I think you mentioned something about a second brain. Yes. Can you tell me about that? Oh, okay. So there's this other podcast. Uh, yeah, but listen to this podcast because this is a really good podcast. <laughs> It's called The Second Brain, um, and he talks about, like, brain dumping all your concepts, um, yeah. like, all your ideas, and I think, I don't actually remember exactly. That's okay. Paraphrase um, it. Yeah, but what, long story short, so that you've got, like, projects, so you dump projects in it, um, so they're things that are, like, measurable, like, when is it due, if that makes sense, so um, I need to have like organize a script for this podcast that needs to be done by today. Like, so that's a project that you need to do. And then the second one is um, all your responsibilities. So these are things that are like, that you need to consistently have all the time. There's no timeline and it needs to be at a certain quality. Um, so for example, it would be, um, for me, it would be like making sure that I pay my staff or it will be making sure that because that doesn't have a timeline that that's, I just need to be a good boss and pay myself or training my staff. It doesn't have a timeline, but it, it needs to happen all the time. Um, and then the next one is like something to do with hobbies and like things that you love. So um, like all my ideas about where I want to travel or like um, whether I want to do like, you know, music lessons on my own or like to upskill myself, like the, that's where all that kind of stuff happens. Um, and then the other one I think is just like um, like your rubbish bin. <laughs> so once you've done it, you dump it into your rubbish bin that yeah. you'd have to deal with. It's like it's a complete um, completed list. Um, but I love that because I um, really struggle to – I've always got so much on my mind, mm. so many creative things mm. – um, that if I don't dump it, I feel really exhausted because I feel like I have to keep 
yeah, I, my brain just can't stop. Mm. So um, putting them into these categories have really helped me just to go, okay, well, right now, what's a number one priority? Um, so, for example, if I was to start a podcast, it's not my <laughs> number one priority. It might be a cool idea that I have, but right now my priority is setting up my business so that I can, um, you know, have more freedom to pick and choose what I want to do. Mm. Um, so setting a lot of those things up. Uh, yeah, it's really cool. If you were to set up a podcast, what would you do? Oh, what would you talk, what would you a podcast. Hmm. That's a very good question. Thanks for not telling me about it in advance. Um, yeah, no, no. Um, would it be about business? It probably would. I think yeah. it would be about young people starting businesses. Mm-hmm. Um, I, every time I meet someone and I don't know, you would know this, I'm always telling people, just try, especially people in their early 20s, like in their 20s, I really feel like it's your, your whole decade to try new things, travel, go have lots of fun, put your ideas out there, give yourself a good shot at making things work. Um, yeah. So I would probably do that. What's, what would be, if you had a billboard for like 20 year olds and you were to say something to them, what would you say? Have fun. <laughs> no, I don't know. Um, well, what would you tell? What would you tell twenty-year-old Julie? Twenty-year-old Julie. Um, honestly, I'm really proud of how I did my twenties. Um, I, I look, there were like ups and downs, so who cares? You gotta live a little bit. Uh, I think because I would say like just be really brave and do things, but I really feel like I did that. Twenty-year-old um, Julie, uh, maybe network more keep meeting new people don't be afraid to meet new people all the time I think I did that well but I think I could have done it even better Mm. um just throw yourself out there um because you you don't know everything Mm. and there's always someone who knows more than you um everything's a learning experience whether they're older or younger than you there's so much to learn from other people what's the biggest thing you reckon holds people back from starting anything failure the fear of failure yeah how do you get over that just get over it no (laughs) it's really hard um especially if you're a perfectionist to just like yeah be okay with failing um I I think being surrounded by people who are successful um and knowing like if you have a good um outlet of people that you can go to quickly for advice I think that's awesome. But like you have to pick and choose who you get your advice from. You want to pick it, like you want to get advice from people who have lived a little bit and actually know what they're talking about. So um, if you have a good group of people around you, you won't fail because your friends won't let you fail. Mm. Um, also, well, your real friends won't let you. Yeah, yeah, that's right. It blows my mind that like friends like, put people down, put each other down. I, it makes me so sad. And I, I'm really lucky because I don't feel like I have that at all. I mm. feel like all of my friends um, will cheer me on 24-7. They're never jealous of me. They just want me to be the best that I can be. And I really think that, um, yeah, if you want to succeed in this world, it's a tough world, you've got to have that. Um, but if you've got it, yeah. Do whatever you want. Well, you choose your friends really good, and you have a rule, you know. Like if, yeah, my yeah. fifteen kilometer, fifteen, 15 minute, minute race. Rule. <laughs> 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 a rule, sorry, you can't, you can't live outside of the fifteen minutes. Um, I'm like, 
yeah, it's a pretty harsh rule, but I don't know. I You spend so much time with these people. You yeah. want it to be easy. You want it to be convenient. Yeah. Um, and you want them to be good people. Yeah. Of course. And plus, you know, our kids, right, are going to end up growing up next to each other. So. Exactly. That's, like, huge. I want to yeah. make sure that my kids are around good people as well. Um, I'm, like, Jono grew up with, like, a lot of aunties and uncles that yeah. were incredible. Yeah. Um, and when, like, Jono and I started dating, I yeah. just, like, entered this new world of, like, these awesome people. And I was like, this is so cool. Like, yeah. we, like, had a... A really small family like my parents like just didn't have a big network of people and at least it wasn't consistent um and Jono had that and yeah. I, I just like look at that and go that's really cool um <laughs> I want I want to be that you know what I visualize one day our, um, our kids are going to sit down oh let's listen to uh, you know Uncle Nathan and Auntie Julie's podcast <laughs> 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 shout out to you unborn kids yeah yeah <laughs> sure <laughs> That's that futuristic thinking, though. Yeah, you have that. You have, like, yeah. that far. I don't have that far. I've got, like, maybe five years. When I started the business, I was like, just get to five years. And um, they're like, why? I'm like, because businesses fail in the first five years. If I can make it, mm. I've done really good. Yeah. Got to five years, I was like, now what? <laughs> I've done everything that I wanted to do. I just wanted to stay alive. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, the next five years was really hard. So I don't have that far of a futuristic uh, mind. But it's but okay. that's just strategizing. Like like business uh, podcasts usually fail after seven episodes. Yeah, and that's so that's right. why I recorded you know so many of these mm. before I even launched one. So people listening to this, you know, they might be listening to the first one, mm. and, but I've already done like 12, 14 episodes. So good. Yeah. So got a backup plan. I love it. So when we go on holidays, yeah, yeah. right? <laughs> you don't have to work on your damn podcast. That's you right. can actually be on when holidays. We go on the, the, that snowy trip. Yeah, 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 yeah. I don't have to worry about it. It's already there. So true. Yeah. Very okay, good. Okay, I got a question. There's, mm. a, there's four? Four um, of your goats. Oh my goodness, I'm so nervous. Ready? Okay. So, your goat movie score. Greatest of all time. Oh, Inception? Ooh. Is really good. Is it your goat one, though? I mean, Titanic's also really good. I do like James Horner. Yeah, I'm really bad at names. That's okay. Yeah, but Titanic, bawling all the time. Inception is just like a whole nother world. Mm. I think it's really, really cool. Um, I think that's my... I lock in, I lock in those answers. Lock in Thank those you. ones? Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> pump-up song. Your goat pump-up Have you heard of Edamame? Yeah, you played it in the car one time. It's in my, it's in my playlist now. Yeah, that's pretty good. Okay. okay. Um, your goat worship song. Ooh. There are seasons for different ones, but there's always one that you might go back to and you go, you know what? This one is just... I think still mm. will always be probably my number one song. Mm. I just always go back to it. Mm. Mm. And the last one, comfort food. Comfort, comfort food? Oh, okay. I really love my grandma's Shanghainese just cooking. So Ooh. any Shanghainese food is really good. My grandma gives silent treatments. So good that she can't understand English that well. So listening to this, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Um, but she, like, if she's, like, really grumpy, she won't talk to you for, like, months. Mm -hmm. And, um, yeah, one time she just got really mad at me and didn't talk to me. But I was like, well, where am I going to get my Shanghainese food from? Because my grandma's <laughs> mad at me. So I went to Taste of Shanghai in Burwood and just ate there like every day. It was the best. Yeah. Um, I love it. Is that your goat Xiaolong bao? Yeah, the Xiaolong bao yeah, is really good. Um, 
except that they'll never be as good as when you're actually in Shanghai. Man, I miss that. Yeah. On the street. So cheap. Oh man. And they just melt, and oh, so good. And the the skin is like really, like really, really yeah. thin, so it just like pierces through. Yeah. Oh, so good. And they put in little plastic bags. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yum. You can take it on on the way. Yeah. I was just talking to a friend the other, the other day. Mm. Um, they said, "Oh, what's your favorite street food?" I said, "There's a shop in Shanghai called Babi Mantel." Mm. right and they just do like the steam steam bread and just like steam siomai s- uh, mai and oh yum oh. Yeah. and it's so good. cheap man it's like 50 cents for like eight of them really yeah it could fill you up wait where's this shanghai oh yeah 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 but that's not not, fair. not, not australia i was like wait <laughs> why have I been wasting all my money? <laughs> I'm trying to budget here, and I'm like, why would we go to Burwood after <laughs> church? Why would we go to this place? Seriously, no, yeah, so good. Yeah. Can't compete. How do people find you? Mm. How do people find Core? You just go to corestudiosydney.com. Yeah. Um, we're in Burwood. Uh, yep. Click the inquire here form, and I'll be in touch. Or just give me a yeah, call. Yeah, you actually call them, right? Yeah. Uh, it depends. It depends what time of the day <laughs> <laughs> and whether I'm like got a lot on my plate. If yeah. not, then I'll get my admin girl to call. I'm curious. I mean, this is a whole other topic, mm. but I have to ask this. Mm. When you call someone, mm. right, it's a it's a warm lead. Mm. What do you usually say to the client to get them in? Win them over. Well, like when as in like they've they filled out the form and I'm calling them back. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um lead. I would say, Hey, please uh, let us know what instrument you're looking for. Um, amazing, how old is your child? Uh, awesome. We explain the program to them. It's a one hour program. Um, 30 minutes of a group lesson, 30 minutes of a private lesson, all in one hour. Um, we make sure that your child is placed in a group that is um, of their age and of their level. Um, yeah, it's really, really cool because group lessons um, offer so many opportunities for them to learn. Mm-hmm. Um, it also build, we, we do like um, confidence building exercises. So within the class, we um, they do a midterm performance, a showcase in front of their class. Um, and then they do an end of term and then in the middle of the year they do like a uh, recital Mm -hmm. Um, and at the end of the year they do like a group concert so everyone in their group um, performs and does a Christmas song which is really exciting Um, yeah and it's a yeah we we do a lot of theory games it's not extra homework it's just meant to help them understand the materials our teachers are really excited to meet you what day works for you it's not even what day works for you it's usually um is that something that you're looking for? Because if you're not looking for this product, then, then, it's, not for you. then it's not for you. And that's okay. that's okay. But if this is something that you're looking for, we would love to have you on board because yeah. we know that it works. Yeah. Um, yeah, and after we explain it to them, they're usually really excited because they haven't heard of anything like this before. Yeah. Um, so they're like, yeah, definitely we want to try. Um, yeah. And then really dependent on our availability, we'll try and put them in the right group. Um, that is our number one. So we tell the parents that's our number one priority, making sure that they're – because, yeah – 50% is huge. You want to mm. make sure that that 30 minutes is done well. Um, you don't want the kid to feel too far advanced or too far behind because they need to progress together. Um, parents will often ask, like, what if our kid's, like, finding it too easy or too hard or, like, that level's not right? I will let them know as soon as we think, okay, it's a bit off and we'll make sure we put them in another group that works better for them. Yeah, that's our pitch. Usually they go, take my money. <laughs> 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 and I'm like, okay, we'll see you in class. And like, I mean, it's one thing to like commit really quickly. Yeah. And then again, as I said before, it's our like one their first lesson. We blow them away and yeah. give them the best experience. At what point do you have to expand? 
are pretty uh, it's interesting because we just changed our business model yeah. we still have a little bit of longevity left yeah. um i don't think we would expand i think we just open the second place yeah we just copy the same model and do it somewhere else but i love that because in my head i'm going like you have to expand uh yeah i'm yeah. i have to prioritize my health so if i don't expand it will be because i need to make sure that it doesn't add stress in mm. my life because if it, at, it at the what's the cost if the cost is my health and then it's not worth it mm. yeah so i would only do it if i feel like yep there's no stress it's easy um i feel confident that i can find the right team for it as well um then i would do it why mm. not yeah. would you have shareholders on there Mm, for now, no. Mm. Just not interested. I want it just to be my baby for a mm. bit longer. <laughs> well, business is your baby. Yeah. Right. I spoke to a guy, um, a friend of mine. He goes, I have three kids. Uh-huh. I have two daughters and I have my business. Mm. Yeah. It's true. It's everything. You're thinking about it all the time. Yeah. And like right now, I'm still young. Do you yeah. know what I mean? So I don't necessarily need to um, be thinking that big yeah. yet. At what point do we say we're not young anymore? Never. No. <laughs> All right, Peter Pan. <laughs> no, no, no. Uh, I, I think in different ages, like at different stages of your life, different things have like priority. Yeah. Um, and it depends how you want to live your life. Mm. Uh, some people, I know the older generation, they're all about work, 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 work. Mm. And then and now the younger generation, they're all like, I don't want to work at all. Like I just yeah. want to, like they talk about the four-hour week and they're super cruisy. Um. I, I think I probably sit closer to the younger generation, but it's not necessarily that I'm not working. It's just I'm not – I'm resource like using my energy in different ways. Um, mm. So when it comes to, like, I don't know, like parenthood, for me, it's not that I'm too old, but I'm certainly not going to be working as hard. Mm. Um, I would love to have that just income stream come through so that I have the flexibility. So you can be a mum. Yeah. Yeah. Because that's a huge responsibility. It's another job. Yeah, <laughs> well, it's another job, but it sounds like, I don't know, Johnny sent me a meme the other day and it was like, oh, children are a blessing. And then the second half of the video is like, you don't know how hard it is to raise children. <laughs> like, it was just like, you don't know what, what I have to do to it. Like, for you, it was so funny. Um, but it's true, so. Yeah, I think as we get older, like, actually, my dad said this to me the other day. He goes, I actually feel more connected to my dad now, mm. you know, at the age of 30, more than ever. Right? Mm. And he said to me, as you are married, um, you kind of come closer towards me. Like the gap bridges. Yeah. Right. And you kind of understand. He says, once you have kids as well, it's a whole new level. Yeah. He says, suddenly you start to realize all the things that, you know, I did for you. And you realize it for your kids as well. Like, uh, okay, I can't wait for that day. Yeah. It's yeah. different. Your relationship with your parents change yeah. so quickly. Yeah. Um, even now, like it's already changed so much and I don't have kids and I can just imagine, um, what it will be like, but yeah, it's exciting. Yeah. Are they going to feed you all that Chinese stuff when you're pregnant? You don't think they're already trying to feed me all that Chinese stuff now without me being pregnant? (laughs) I'll tell you a story. Did I tell you the story about my grandma giving the, um, the little pills to Yana? What? Okay. Okay. So we haven't started trying for kids, right? Yeah. Yeah. But my grandma, because she's at a nursing home, the only thing that she thinks about is, what about my the next generation? Yeah. Right, Nathan and Yana are married. When are they going to have kids? And then so I think they have these Chinese whispers that are going on with these old, you know, the, you know, in the retirement homes, the nursing homes. 
And all these people going, hey, where are your great-great-grandkids? And then my grandma's going, oh, my gosh, they've been married for, like, nearly four years and they haven't got kids yet. <laughs> they must be infertile. <laughs> and then she goes, all right, well, I've got to do something about it. So she calls up my mom and says, hey. Oh, no, she calls me up and says, hey, can you get me this medicine? And I said, nah, what for? She goes, no, no, it's okay. just get it for me. I said, okay, cool. I asked my mom, I said, hey, what's this medicine? <laughs> and she goes, what does she need that for? And I said, no, she just wanted me to buy it. She goes, that's like fertility pills. <laughs> Not for you, but for Yana. I said, oh, oh, okay, really? And then so my mom goes, leave it, forget it. So my grandma goes, all right, you know what? If my mom doesn't do it, I'm going to call Yana's mom. Oh, stop it. So she called Yana's mom <laughs> and told her, hey, can you get these pills? They might be infertile. Oh, no. And then Yana's mom goes, really? No. Oh, my gosh. That's such an Asian thing. Yeah. Yeah, that's like next level and you just have to like cop it. I remember being in high school, I was like so annoying. I get really upset and like, and now you're just like, it's reality. It's everyone's reality. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we well have to stop it here. Otherwise nice. We're going to keep going forever. Nice. Cheers. Cheers. Thanks, Julie. Well done.